I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. I love bringing you different shows, sometimes going into the science, looking at current studies, interviews with only the best people, and shows like today, where I'm just going to give you my take on certain things because, like Liam Neeson, I have a very specific set of skills honed over many decades in this industry. So today's show, seven mistakes I saw at the gym today. It's literally exactly what the show will be about. I do go to the gym. I do work out at home. I do work out outside. I do it all. And you should too. And that is a huge topic of my philosophy, this show, the books I write. So often you're told this is the only way. And let me just, can I rant for a second? <laughs> my goal is to rant more, by the way. Uh, I'm going to talk about alcohol in a, in a future podcast. I looked back at you know a couple of the shows I did, looking at the studies on alcohol. It's a huge thing now. People saying, and 20-somethings, 30-somethings, you know, why you shouldn't do it. It's not about today's show. That's not today's topic. But uh, what are you doing instead? What are you doing instead? Are you doing the edibles? Are you doing the Adderall? Are you overeating? So, yeah, there, there's uh, there's positives. We can we can and will discuss the negatives potentially, but then we'll discuss longevity and cherry picking data. Don't yuck my yum, okay? If you don't drink, good for you, good for you. All right, but don't cherry pick. Data and and let me just finish with this, and I will talk about this much more in a future podcast. These same people who are so often or are saying, you know, only focusing on the the potential negative side effects of booze. Again, I'd like to know what they're doing instead. But there are also people that look at evolution oftentimes and talk about like paleo and things like that. Yeah, guess what? Has has alcohol been around forever have people like in the blue zones who live to be you know a hundred plus years old quality of life uh incredible at the later years do they generally drink in moderation yeah okay so that's my little rant and i will go off on that in much greater detail if you don't do it awesome don't yuck my yum especially when i can back it up with science anyway (laughs) Oh, seven mistakes I saw at the gym today. Now, let me begin by saying I go to the gym. I have a flexible schedule. So many of you do uh, as well now, thanks to hybrid, if not, you know, working from home. But sometimes I go 5 a.m. when the gym opens. Sometimes I go 10 a.m. after I get the kids off and do a bunch of things like that, 9 or 10. And sometimes I go 5, 6, 7 at night. When oftentimes my kids are playing hockey and it's it's in the same facility. So what's the best time to work out? Yeah, whenever you can. Whenever you can. Yeah, and I know and I've done the podcast on the physiological aspects of time of day and things like that. That is such second. That's like fifth level stuff, right? <laughs> I'm going to do a show on order of operations as well. Like what you need to focus on first before you start to even entertain those concepts. And I'll talk about the science. I'm all over the place. I like this. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, 
it's it's about consistency, people. So I'm having a harder time too. Let me be honest, as I always am. I'm having a much harder time getting up at five. Used to be much easier for me at 54. And with a flexible schedule, my brain knows. I set the alarm this morning to go at five. I didn't go. You don't hear that a lot from these fitness people on Instagram and all the other social media. You got to grind. You got to, yeah. No, you got to, you got to be consistent. You got to do the basics. And I'll get there today. Just not at five. But I want to get there more frequently at five. Uh, but it all gets done. All right. And, and hacks, let me just say, <laughs> you know, the hacks don't work. And uh, if you're not doing the basics, if you're not being consistent, there are no hacks. There's science. The hacks are the people that put them out there, I like to say. Um, <laughs> by the way, I hated using the phone. So, because I'm not going to bring a notebook, although I could have, I guess, and I'm still a paper and pen, paper and pencil type guy. I've talked about how I do listen to music at the gym. Sometimes I don't, but I enjoy that. But I don't carry my phone around with me. Bluetooth, I put my phone in a bag elsewhere in the gym and I walk around. It's a huge gym and there's one <laughs> there's one kind of dead zone, which is kind of interesting, um, where the music starts to cut out a little bit. But I don't go to my phone. I'm not carrying it around. And that's going to be something I touch on today as a huge mistake. Um but I would go back, I would see something, I would go back, and I would put it in my notes. And I would see something, I'd go back and I'd put it in my notes. And it annoyed me to use it that much. It annoyed me. We need to separate ourselves from technology. Much, much more. All right? So I hated it. <laughs> I really didn't. But I would see something, as I said, and I would wrote that, write down the specific issues I witnessed. And so some of these are going to be very specific. Um, they're all specific as to what I saw, and then I will expand upon the concept, all right? Because it's not just good enough to go to the gym. You know, my dad would say, well, at least they're going to the gym. And I'd say, no. My analogy is, it's like saying, well, you're getting D's in school, D's in college, C's and D's, but at least you're going to the library. If you went to the library every day or several times a week and were getting poor grades, would you not revisit what you're doing at the at the library and why you're not getting the grades you should. Same thing with the gym. I want you to get the greatest results. This is our health. This is our longevity. This is our wellness. And you're paying for it and you are taking the time to get there. Do you have to do everything I say? Of course not. But I guarantee you, I am getting... 100x out of the gym relative to everyone else. No question. I've been doing it for, do the math now, 40 some odd years. I'm 54, basically started working out at 14. Wow, well, yeah, 40, 40 years. Owned a gym, always said I wouldn't do it, did it. Try everything once, but I've spent the vast majority of my life working out or working in gyms and now home gyms and things like that. All right, so it's not just good enough to go. So here are the seven mistakes, all right? Uh, again, the specifics, and then I'll expand upon the concept. So person doing rows. Uh, this was the 45-degree uh, row machine. So basically plate-loaded, the angle, you can't change it. 
right? You put the plates on it. Your body's at a 45 degree. You grab the handles, basically two handles. Uh, there's many different variations and iterations of this. Uh, and so often people do what? They put 145, 245, 345 pound plates on. You know what I put on? A 15 or a 10. Now my goals are different, but my results are pretty amazing. Okay, I want to get the smaller muscles of the lower back, but I see so many teenagers, especially in this gym and, you know, 40s, 50s, uh, 60s and beyond as well, going too heavy. It's so common. And this goes for all back exercises, not just that machine. Cable machine. Oh my gosh, let's put the, you know, three-fourths of the plates or almost all the plates and do, I don't even know what you want to call it, but it's not a back row in the cable machine, right? So seated cable row, you can use so many different um, attachments, close grip, wide grip bar, ropes, whatever. Same thing with free weights, dumbbells, barbell, too heavy. And you're not getting that scapular retraction. You're not bringing those shoulders and those shoulder blades back. And oftentimes the, you know, the back, the, the, um, the back is rounded the entire movement. My back is retracted the entire movement pretty much. It becomes an arm exercise, people. And so this is specific to back exercises especially. And as a general concept that you have heard me speak about for decades, many people lift too heavy. And I know that sounds crazy. We want to challenge our muscles, but we can do it better by going slower and using better form and using full range of motion. And those three concepts are going to come up over and over in today's show and throughout everything you hear me talk about until the day I die. Okay? Range of motion, time under tension, form. They're all connected and they all lead to greater results when you do that correctly. You can lift weights that are too light. You're not overloading your muscles. You can lift weight that is too heavy. Sure, you're overloading your muscles in a certain way, but in a less effective way and a way in a manner that is going to greatly increase your likelihood of injury and not during the session itself. That's the huge problem, especially with your lower back. You do things incorrectly too heavy, and it's not in the session, it's not a week later, it's not a month later necessarily, three months, six months, a year, two years down the line, suddenly you're at the doctor and you've got what? Bulging disc or two or three. And you don't attribute it to what you did. That's what my show's about. I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to get the greatest results, shortest amount of time, least likelihood of injury. Uh, Final thought on this. JJ Watts, great social media post talking about lifting too heavy. And how it doesn't matter, I think it was J.J. Watts, by the way. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if you can squat 700 pounds, deadlift 700 pounds in athletics if you're on the bench or if you're hurt. And he was saying how he, again, I think it was J.J. Watts. Forgive me if it wasn't. And you've seen this and I get it wrong as far as who it was. But he was saying he tells his younger brother the same thing. Don't do what I did. And that's the problem, people. You know, let me go off on another little rant. Well-known, oh, so popular social media, PhD level. Just because you have a PhD, people, doesn't mean you don't get things wrong. For Pete's sake, they're people. 
I have a bunch of friends who are doctors that, you know, you can pass with C's. So people are people. But this person was downplaying, no. Saying stop running. Because he knows so many people, he talks to so many people who later in life are, t- are complaining about joint issues from running. I'll talk about that later in another podcast as well about longevity with runners, quality of life. And do you not think there are, <laughs> I mean, I know dozens and dozens and dozens of people I came up with through the industry who say the same thing that JJ Watts and others do. I wish I hadn't have done that when I was younger. And that is lift too heavy with poor form. All right. I'm all for pushing yourself. Don't you dare think that I'm not. Endurance wise, I lift heavy enough. Heavy enough to get my results to overload my muscles and to get the results I want. I don't care about ego in the gym. Ego will get you hurt. Ego will keep you from achieving your results. All right. Uh, Horrible deadlift. I got to speed this up. Um, horrible deadlift form in a Smith machine. Oh my gosh. And I also saw horrible um, squats, but let me stick to the deadlifts. Horrible deadlift form in the Smith machine. Smith machine has the bar. uh, It's like a squat rack with a bar attached, right? You don't have freedom of movement. In other words, you can't go front to back. You can only go up or down. And so that is an important factor in not only determining what exercises you do in there, but how you do them. Freedom of moment is a double-edged sword. It is good and bad. In other words, it makes things more challenging. So the Smith machine can be good in certain ways. Bench press, things like that. But there's always a trade-off. And the deadlift form in the Smith machine, deadlift form in general, people. Deadlifts in general. Now, again, I'm not going to yuck your yum. If you are doing perfect form deadlifts, Good for you. Awesome. I'd say 90% of people are not. You go, that's incredible. That's too many. No. And it's not just, you know, the the form in picking up. It's putting it down and especially putting it down the last few reps. Over time, that is going to just wreak havoc on your lower body. One of the most stressful things, people, we can do to our bodies is load our spine's inflection. Pick up something heavy. Right, pick up a box off the floor, load your spine in flexion. What do they say? Bend your knees, use your knees, don't use your back. Well, I would argue the vast majority of people are using their back when doing deadlifts. So it's hard enough to do correctly than when you do it in a Smith machine, which again, can help for certain exercises, make it a little easier, but it can also restrict your form and when you're using poor form and then you're in the Smith machine using uh, poor form, you're in trouble. What is your goal? Like, why are you doing deadlifts? And again, perfect form, doing them correctly. The problem is so many people, you know, I watch do them incorrectly, don't obviously know that they are. And again, when they have the back issue years from now or months from now, they're not going to attribute it to that. So what's your goal? I'm going to finish with that strong man I've talked about before, again, on social media, who says he doesn't 
deadlift unless he has to for competition. And he says the vast majority of people should not do that exercise. Why? The cost benefit is too high. And I always feel guilty. <laughs> like my Because that's how I was raised. Having this discussion. Because I want you to do whatever you want to do in the way it's meant to be done if it works for you. But people are not. They're following the leader. It started with CrossFit. Of course it did. And now everyone's doing it. My take on it, leave you with this, far too many other exercises I can do. So that goes back to what is your goal? If your goal is to deadlift as much as you can, good for you. Go to it. That's your goal. That makes sense. If your goal is to look better, feel better, prevent injury, perform better in athletics, your recreational sports, daily living, far too many other options. Is it a powerful exercise? Yeah, it is. Enough. Uh, Using phones. Using phones. (laughs) I can't. And you know what? I always reframe this. It's going to sound a little nutty, but if I'm being, if you talk back to ego, I look at people using their phones too much and and think like, if, if I'm being competitive, I have an advantage because you're wasting time. You came to the gym. You're spending the money to be there. I would love a study that looks at the amount of volume of training, how many sets, how many reps people do when they're holding their phones and going to their phones. There have been more than one occasion when I've looked around this 60,000 square foot gym and almost everyone is, is on their phone. Let me say this. <laughs> if you're tracking your workouts, if you're punching in uh, on some app, you, you just did, you know, bench press, three sets, 175 pounds, 12, whatever, good for you. The vast majority of people are not. The vast majority of people are not. Trainers are doing it. I find that so offensive. I've watched group exercise instructors not not watch, they do it so frequently. Leading their boot camp class, people running around, circuits, doing their thing, trainers on the phone. Are you kidding me? Back in the day, I taught everything. The thought of picking up a phone, of not paying attention to that person who's doing poor deadlifts with, a, with kettlebells and helping them out during a class, so offensive to me. So... From personal trainers on their phone to group exercise instructors, put the phones away, people, unless it is part of your workout. And even then, I would argue, take a real good look at how much work you're getting done because what happens even if you are tracking your workouts or following a workout on the on the phone? I'm going to text. Oh, that text came through. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. Now I'm back on Facebook. Time and a place. And finally, social connections. Now, yeah, I put headphones on. I mean, my goal is to get in there. And I mean, I oftentimes have a hat pulled down, headphones in. Oftentimes, headphones aren't even on. I just want to focus. And, you know, I, I want a certain amount of interactions. I don't want to sound like I'm antisocial, but I'm there to work for the most part. But many people are not. And so that, not totally. And we need those social connections. So if you're on your phone and you're not interacting with people, that's... Not a great thing for most people. 
I'm a little different. <laughs> All right. Number four, uh, 45 degree back extension. So instead of, you know, the similar to the back extension machine that I described earlier, where you're pulling the weight, this is where you hinge, right? So you get in and you can raise or lower where it uh, rests on your thighs, essentially, and you do back extensions. And what do people do? Just like with the other type of back extension or back row machine, they hold a 45 pound plate. That's a lot. 25 pound plate. That's a lot. And what do they do? Short, whenever you use weight that's too much or the vast majority of the time, what's well, going to qualify? There's always exceptions. But if you do a back extension holding weight that's too heavy, huge, uh, you know, increased stress on the lower back, more than you want. Obviously, you're stressing your lower back to begin with. That's the goal. But now you are throwing off your range of motion into a much smaller range for the most part. And your time under tension is drastically decreased as well. And this is your lower back. You don't want to screw around with lower back exercises or exercises that include your lower back. And what do I see? <laughs> this is really interesting as I was preparing my notes for this. You see people going from bad deadlifts to bad uh, kettlebell swings to bad leg lifts, full you know extension leg lifts. And then going and doing 45 degree back extensions, holding a 45 pound plate. The, the, the stress on your lower back going from one of these exercises, and these are all super popular. Wearing down your lower back, wearing down your lower back. Fatigue, fatigue, fatigue. And poor form. Gotta be careful, have to do things right. Okay? Here's what I do. I don't hold any weight. I do 15 reps, really good form, stopping at extension, not going and, and hyperextending, by the way. And there are many people that hyperextend holding weight. You can debate the biomechanics of that later if you want. I don't want to, though. <laughs> uh, so no weight, hands across the chest. Usually, sometimes I put my hands wide as if I'm, you know, um, Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. All the way outstretched, that makes it harder slower rep, full range of motion. And then at the end, I hold for 30 to 60 seconds. Different from a plank, different angle, same muscles, utilized differently, really challenging, especially at the end of 15 reps of body weight extensions. Can you hold weight? Of course you can. Just like with deadlifts, people. If you use the appropriate form and the appropriate weight, the entire set, then I'm okay with it. But that's not what I see for the most part. All right. Leg press. This is no surprise. Guy with like 20 plates. Range of motion, two inches. 20 plates, two inches. What's your goal? Is your goal to impress people by putting 20 plates on? Good for you. That makes you happy. I'm not going to yuck your yuck. And you know what? You don't have a huge likelihood uh, of getting hurt with a two inch range of motion on your traditional 45 degree leg press. But let me say this, I'm about like really distilling things down to getting results. How long does it take you to put those plates on? How long does it take you to get them off? How long are you at the gym? Two inch range of motion, 20 plates, couple minutes to put them on, couple minutes to take them off. And if you don't take them off the way so many people uh, don't, 
I have a huge problem with that. All right? But could you be doing squats, lunges, other exercises that take much less time and get you greater results? It's a question you need to ask yourself. If you love it, if it's a huge part and you don't care as much about the results I'm talking about, go for it. That makes you happy. And that's your goal is to just feel happy that you enjoy that. Awesome. But if you want different results, then you got to question the 20 plates and the two inch range of motion. All right. Uh, Number six, too much rest. (laughs) Obviously that's connected to phones. People generally didn't maximize their time pre-phones, and God knows I was in the gym pre-phones, 40 some odd years, I've seen it all, but you got to maximize your time and your rest. I never stop for the most part. If I'm doing cable bicep uh, curls, right? When I'm done with one set, I will then take that bar, the straight bar, short straight bar, and do chops from low to high on both sides of my body. I am maximizing every second I'm in the gym. Do I rest occasionally? Of course I do. But usually I don't. My rest is active. You know, active rest, so common. People talk about, like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna take a day off. I'm gonna be active rest. Well, why don't you focus on what you're doing in the gym? (laughs) And if you do it hard enough, you're gonna want and need that day off. Can you do active rest, Uh, swim? Uh, Of course. But strength move, Core move, strength move, stretching, something. Not on the phone, not Facebook, texting even, focus. All right, too much rest, do something. And I love the muscle movement, right? So uh, let's say tricep kickbacks and then going over to the Roman chair and doing ab exercise. And then doing tricep kickbacks, going back to the Roman chair and doing a different version of an ab exercise. Nonstop. I'm sweating. All right. Finally, number seven. Here we go. (sighs) Isolation exercises. You're not maximizing your time. What is an isolation exercise? This is where I see like the teenagers or even, you know, guys my age doing things like one arm cable rear delt exercises, focusing on the most minute body part. Now, if you're a bodybuilder, if you have, you know, uh, two hours a day, seven days a week that you're going into the gym, it's different. Vast majority of people don't and aren't. So you're not maximizing your time. You know, the reason for deadlifts and those type of movements are because they're compound exercises. They're super effective. They work multiple muscle groups, push-ups, squats. I'm all for those. But doing exercises that focus on one side of the body at one time and a small muscle group at that. If you're rehabbing an injury, I get it. Vast majority of people are not. (laughs) All right. Add in phone. So you're doing isolation exercises. You're on the phone. uh, You're taking too much rest. How much are you getting out of the gym? All right. There you go. Uh, I'm also, in a second, going to hit on. I always like to focus on the positive. But those are seven really important things. And within those seven things are the, the, the concepts that apply to just about everything. Time under tension, correct weight usage, correct form, correct program design, right there. If you can grasp those concepts and listen to them on these shows, you will live your best life. 
So I'm going to talk about the three positives though that I witnessed as well. I always love to, I have to, I'm a positive person. Just having these, you know, discussions about deadlifts and things like that make me uneasy. Because there are a certain number of people, very small, <laughs> who do do them correctly and for the right reasons. All right, but let me take a second to tell you about a new product I am trying out, and you may have heard me talk about it already, Michael Brandt. I interviewed co-founder and CEO of HVMN. All right, Ketone IQ. I love this business. I love that I get to try different products. Uh, and I'm only gonna bring you the best, as I said, the best people, the best products, the best programs, the best studies, all of that stuff. And so Ketone IQ piqued my interest, right? Because I'm an endurance athlete. Uh, this goes to ketones and ke uh, ketone IQ. It's a clean energy boost without sugar or caffeine. All right. So if you're someone who doesn't want the caffeine, especially ketone IQ is something you should think about. Um, there are potential cognitive as well as physiological benefits as an endurance athlete, especially, you know, running across the Grand Canyon and back. I said to Michael during the interview, I wish I had the ketone shots. So they come in liquid form uh, right now. Uh, energy source, potential insurance, right? You run through your carbohydrate stores. You know, there's a whole uh, science behind fat burning and carbohydrate utilization. Uh, energy substrate, really confusing for most. Um, but that's what ketone IQ. So you're getting these, uh, what are known as exogenous outside the body ketones. Um, and here's another thing that's really interesting to me. I always talk about like, look at what the people who are competing, uh, who need to make a living doing what they do. What do they take? 60% of the tour de France are using ketone IQ and HVMN, HVMN has an active $6 million contract with the U S special forces. Okay, that's, that's a pretty good uh, endorsement, right? Uh, top athletes and, you know, the military. It's got an interesting taste, which I like. I want my fitness products to be a little different. If they taste too good, quite often they're too good to be true. I take two shots personally before long workouts, especially, um, again, the longer bike rides, the longer runs. I'm also trying it out, like taking it in the afternoon where, you know, caffeine has a six hour half-life. So if you're someone who has trouble sleeping, but you want potential uh, little, you know, cognitive again, boost, uh, energy boost, afternoon's great time to take it. I did give it, my son just took his uh, last round of SATs, right? and he's not someone who's good at taking things um, that don't taste perfect, uh, but I gave him uh, two shots right before the SATs. Cognitive benefits, we'll see. I don't have the results back yet, but uh, I was excited to give it to him. And you know, that's supplements. That's like potential benefit, right? Um, you can find Ketone IQ in your local Sprouts stores, which are nationwide. Uh, and you can find Ketone IQ at hvmn.com. So visit hvmn.com and guess what? Promo code, you can use promo code TOM at checkout to save 20%. Again, that's hvmn.com and use the promo code TOM. Only bringing you the best products that I use myself, all right? All right, so what are the three things I saw that were good? I saw a woman running on the elliptical. What do I mean by that? She was pumping her arms. She was using a natural form, utilizing as much of her body, as many muscles as possible. And again, natural, natural, natural. So 
going fast. I could tell there was a decent amount of tension and that forced her to really pump her arms. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm, do I'm pumping my arms as I say this. That's what I love to see. So many people get on the treadmill. They jack it up to 10% incline. They make it go too fast and then they hold on the display. Decreasing your results, increasing your chance of injury. Pump your arms, make things natural. When I do the step master, the step mill, rarely, but I mix it up, uh, I'm pumping my arms. Or I'm lightly touching the guardrails, but generally I'm not. I'm pumping my arms. I want it to be natural and I want to utilize as many muscle groups as possible. Woman was crushing it. So good. Uh, I also watched a woman benching and she was killing it. I've been in this industry long enough. I've studied long enough to know she had great range of motion. She was controlling the weight. She had a decent amount of weight on the bar, barbell bench press all by herself, which I also love. Um, and just perfect form. Slow reps. She was doing basically a three, four second rep with a challenging amount of weight. And I think she was doing around 10, 12 repetitions. Perfect. Doing everything right that I talked about earlier in this podcast that so many people fail to do. Full range of motion, correct weight selection, maximum time under tension. And finally, I watched, oh my gosh, this older couple. I wanted to ask them how old they were and they would probably have not been offended to tell me. I, I assume they were a husband and wife. Um, they had that look and kind of feel um, and they were working out together and it was awesome. They were fit. They had, I, I would say they were at least in their 70s, mid 70s, maybe older and they were doing some partner exercises and exercises together. Perfect exercises body weight squats, planks. They were going into machines and that's where they would trade off. Uh, husband would do one set, woman would do another, wife would do another. Just amazing. And they did a large volume of training. They were smiling. It was just awesome. Restored my faith, <laughs> right? And that's what you want to do. Look around the gym if you go to the gym. This is how I started. Who are the people who have the look you want, who you think know what they're doing? What are they doing? How are they doing it? All right, there's far too much misinformation out there. Ugh. And, and yeah, by PhD level people as well. They're not perfect, they're human. All right, thank you for listening. Seven mistakes or things that could be done better. I choose my words really carefully. And again, that's what far too many people in this industry uh, don't do. They suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect, many of them, which means when you have a little bit of information, you think you know way more about the topic than you do. And the every single PhD level person who I've had on that are the best of the best, and those who don't have PhDs, by the way, you know, I don't have a PhD, I hope to one day. Um, they say it depends. It depends on so many things. You're, the way you're doing deadlifts, things like that, I get it. My point is the vast majority of people, there are exceptions to the rule. They're few and far between. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt when, um, you know, giving these points. But if you want to look better, feel better, live longer, build muscle, avoid injury, fix potential injuries, all of those things, everything I just talked about applies to you. All right.
Try that HVMN out. Just beware. It's got a, it's, it's an interesting taste. I'm going to use the word interesting, but I love that. You give me a health bar and it tastes like a candy bar. Pretty much not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. And that's actually a, a topic for a whole nother podcast. They talk about coffee and a lot of fitness people, healthier people, um, they don't put anything in it. No milk. And it's for the taste and it's the bitter taste they think, again, these are studies still figuring things out, that healthy people enjoy that bitter taste psychologically. And I totally understand what that concept is. All right. Uh, but yeah, hvmn.com, use code Tom. Uh, listen to that podcast again if you have not with Michael Brandt. You'll learn way more about it. Super ridiculously smart guy. Um, was on Shark Tank, went to Stanford, um, and just totally worth, um, totally worth a listen. All right. Uh, my website, teamholland.com or fitnessdisrupted.com. You can go there, see books and videos and much more about me as well. If you want to reach out, you can do so through that website. Um, you can also go to social media. Tom H. Fit is Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, putting so much more up out there. I have a lot of freedom now to do much more than I didn't have in years past, by the way. I am putting out my first fitness product. I am applying for a patent in literally weeks. Could not be more excited. Much more on that to come. Um, but Tom H. Fit, direct message me if you want. And also check out the Twitter and Instagram, Tom H. Fit. What else? That's it. Newest book is The Micro Workout Plan. Many more books on teamholland.com, running triathlon, sports nutrition. Uh, and if you, uh, I'm doing consultations online. If you're into that, uh, that will be available as well on the website. You can read more and learn more about that as well. I'm only gonna bring you the best information, the best guests, the best products, the best programs, and things that you can do. Because that's what it's about. I don't care what the science says. If you don't like it, if you're not going to do it, then what the heck does it matter? So it's a combination of all of those things. There's very few people in this industry who understand that. All right. Oh, I'm going to rant a lot more. So just be prepared for that in upcoming episodes. All right. Remember, there's three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. Never forget that. And the media will try to tell you you don't have control. You do. Thank you goodness. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Believe in yourself. And here is Jack Lane, the guy I looked up to and followed and emulated because I wanted his results. And he lived a incredible life into his mid-90s. Amazing. Here's Jack Lane on my radio show many years ago. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you.